this is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're driving with the bright lights on in episode number 117. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi ladies, this is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com and I am excited to be bringing you a podcast after yet another hiatus from podcasts. I'm hoping that this is the last one, Um, but yeah, life has just been so different for me in the past year really than it has ever been before and it has taken so much to integrate. I thought that what we would talk about today on this podcast is I would give you a peek into uh, maybe not a day, but a couple of weeks in my life as a student midwife and as a mom and even as a somebody running a natural birth website and teaching natural birth classes uh, and, and talk to you a little bit about what's going on with me and what some of my goals and hopes are for the podcast going forward and for the website and everything like that. But uh, I know that one of the things that often happens to women in the natural birth community is you're interested in birth. And some of you just want to share birth with other people and, uh, you know, share natural birth and your experience with other moms, especially other women who are who are getting ready to birth babies or who are pregnant. Uh, And then others, you know, you want to serve more. So some moms choose to be doulas, which I've think more and more and more is an absolutely critical role for us to have women who can step out and be doulas. And certainly I think that that women, young women who haven't had children yet can learn to be a good birth supporter and a good birth attendant. Um, I have a fellow apprentice who doesn't have any kids and I happen to think she's fabulous. But I think especially a doula is a good place for a mom who's had a natural birth or two or three or more, Um, but even just a a birth or two who feels like she wants to help the birth community but can't really do a lot or doesn't feel like she can do a lot, but maybe could attend a birth every month or a birth every couple of months. Um, I think that being a doula is a really valuable thing, and I've seen where in so many cases, I feel like a doula could help a family, even with home birth. So, uh, so yeah, so some women want to just share about Some women want to have a great natural birth, and then that's that. They move on with their lives. But many of us, we find ourselves in the birth world for a little longer. So just sharing natural birth and things like that, um, or being a doula or being a childbirth educator, that's how I got my start, really, um, is great. And then a lot of us think about, would I want to be a midwife? Is that something that I feel drawn to or I feel called to? Um, And I've got to say that it's really interesting. We've been having a lot of discussions about midwifery and making it a sustainable profession like within the community of midwives that I have been blessed to become a part of really in the last year. And it's interesting to me that a lot of people really do want um, midwives to go to I guess a practice model that uh, that they feel is more sustainable where the midwife doesn't have to be on call 24-7, 365 kind of thing. Um, but it's also, it's kind of, it's different. Uh, I think that if you have that kind of model, I don't know, maybe it's not as much of a calling. Maybe it still is a calling. I really can't say. But I think that for many of us, midwifery needs to be a calling. It, it really does. Um... So, and I think pretty quick, one of the best ways to figure out if it's your calling or not is to to ask a local midwife if you can assist um, at some births for a trial period, so to speak. So, you know, can I assist at five births or ten births? Um, I'm interested in midwifery and I want to, you know, I want to see and I will commit to these. Uh, and if you should find that you can't commit, that's often, a, you know, a good a good thing to realize because then you know. Um, but yeah, doing, you know, doing five or 10 births is a real litmus test for, can I, can I, do I feel the passion to make this lifestyle work? Because it's, it's different than a lot of other things that you can do. So I thought that I would share for those of you who are interested in, in what things are like for a student midwife, um, 
kind of in the trenches and and maybe that would help you. And then, like I said, I'll share a little bit more about what's going on with us and some of my hopes and dreams for the podcast and uh, and the YouTube channels kind of taking off and that sort of thing going forward. So firstly, at this point, I have been a student midwife for almost a year. Um, it was almost a year ago that I met with my midwife, so the midwife for my last few babies, and she'll be the midwife for this baby that I'm pregnant with right now. Um, if you guys have been following the YouTube channel, um, I think it's youtube.com slash birth baby care. I really should have checked that beforehand, but I've been doing video updates on this pregnancy if you're interested in that. Let me see if that works <laughs> real quick. Um, yeah, it's youtube.com slash birth baby care. So I'll, I do a weekly pregnancy update on there if you're interested in how this pregnancy is going. But anyway, so she'll be the midwife for this for this pregnancy. So, uh, you know, she has a tender place in my heart already because she's been the midwife for babies four, five, six, and seven and will be for baby number eight since we, since we moved here. She's been my midwife. And, um, and so I approached her about apprenticeship. It was actually earlier in the year last year, around March, and she had a new apprentice starting at that time who she needed to help train a fast track apprentice, um, who is now my senior apprentice and who is the one I told you was fabulous. But so she said, wait a couple months and I'll get back in touch with you. Then if some of you probably remember one of the other things that's led to the podcast being irregular is my mom had a stroke. Again, almost exactly a year ago as I record this. So then I was gone, out of pocket for a few weeks. But then we met pretty soon after I got back from being with mom. Uh, and just before I went to a midwifery workshop, like an, an intensive four-day midwifery workshop. And now I, or and right after I got back from that, I went to my first birth with her. And so that's, so we're right kind of at a year for all of that really taking off for me, all of the student midwife stuff taking off for me. Um, and now aside from my own births, I've assisted at 20 births. So I have a number of births under my belt. Now, you know, what my role was in those has changed over the course of things because with my first birth, the first birth I assisted at, I had never been to a birth other than my own seven births, which I was pretty happy to realize within the first few births that that definitely contributed something. I was a little bit worried, you know, that I'll be totally green and that will feel irrelevant, but it actually doesn't. I feel like it has given me a lot of wisdom uh, to have had my own birth experiences and then to be blessed to be there with another woman. And that's another thing that I really feel is that this entire experience has been a huge blessing for me. Um, it's just, I feel like it's really an honor to be able to work with work with these women, to be able to come to their births. And I've, I'm pretty sure I have told every single one of them after her birth when we're, you know, when we're getting ready to go and leave the new family, thank you for letting me be here because... I'm just so grateful, first of all, um, you know, that they were willing to let a student be there or an assistant be there, and and then I just feel like I learned so much from every experience. So anyways, I'm a year in, and a, and a lot of babies in, with some slow periods here and there. Um, like, I, I've gone back to visit my parents two times, so I've been to visit my parents three times in the course of the past year. I'm just trying to help them as much as possible. Uh, and then some time off when there were not as many births going on, though it, it definitely feels like since the turn of the new year, things have been a lot more fast-paced. I don't know if we just have more clients or what, but um, anyways, I've also started, I do one day, one afternoon a week in the office, so I do prenatal appointments and some postpartum appointments when moms come in for postpartum. So that's usually four appointments a week that I sit in on. I go to the home visit for any mom whose birth team I am on. So I have a few home visits a month usually. And then I've also started going to at least one postpartum visit at home for the moms who I'm on their birth team. So we go back to the family's home one day after birth, like 24, about 24 hours after birth, maybe a little bit later if she had the baby at 1 a.m., we're not going to go back at 1 a.m. We'll wait until 8 or 9 a.m. to go back. But, um, you know, and then another at, th at three days postpartum. So I go to, usually I go to one of those at this point. Um, so 
it's it's been a lot. It ends up being a lot. But it's been it's been pretty exciting for me. I have I'm really enjoying it. Right now, I'm coming off of a very intense probably 3 weeks. I am really tired right now. And I don't have another mom due for a couple more weeks. And I am praying that she waits, you know, that she waits. I will be happy to be there for her, especially since I know that this particular mom might be listening to this particular podcast. So I'm happy to be there for her at any point. But I could definitely use a couple of uh, low-key weeks, so to speak. But let me, like, walk you through the past few weeks because that might be the easiest way to give you a picture of what was going on. So if we go back two weeks, so two and a half weeks uh, ago, and and we'll, we'll just say it was a Sunday. So two and a half weeks ago on a Sunday, um, I got called. When was I called for this mama? I was probably called around midnight or one for this mom. So, you know, sleeping, <laughs> I think um, I think I'd had a little bit of trouble getting to sleep that night, actually. So I had not fallen asleep until around 11. So I think it was just after midnight. So just after midnight, I get the call that this mom's in labor and it's time to come. And that's basically what it is. The phone is always uh, on my headboard, in not in airplane mode, not with Wi-Fi turned off or anything crunchy because... When a mom needs you, you've got to be there when you're on call. Your phone's got to be your phone's got to be there. So my phone is on, you know, on the headboard of my bed and it rings and I have a particular ringtone that's for um, my preceptor. That's that's what you call the supervising midwife. If any of you are in nursing or medical school, you're familiar with that term, but I wasn't really beforehand. So a preceptor is basically a teacher. Um, so your supervising midwife is your preceptor. So it's either my preceptor or the senior apprentice in the practice because she's the one, she has, she is the primary midwife under supervision for many births now. And if she is the primary midwife under supervision, then she calls. So, you know, I get a call from one of them. There's another midwife in the practice too, and I've done a few births with her. So it might, it might be her. So... One of them calls, the phone rings, and basically it's, you know, it's time to go to so-and-so's house, and so I get up and go. I have a super sweet husband, so whenever I get called in the middle of the night, he goes out and he turns the van on for me because I drive our little van to births while I'm getting dressed. So I get up, get dressed, I have my bag packed at all times. Each night before, before I go to bed, I make a mental note as to where are the clothes that I'm going to wear. Um, so when I go to a birth, I wear scrub pants and I wear a birthy t-shirt. So many of you have seen my placenta t-shirt and videos or something. I actually can't wear that shirt anymore because my belly's too big for it now. Um, but I wear one of the other midwives in the practice has her baby just turned one. So she has some birthy larger shirts that she let me borrow from when she was going to birth during her pregnancy. Um, so I put one of those on, and then I have scrub pants that I wear. And unfortunately, I can't wear my favorite ones anymore. I have to wear a little bit of a baggier pair <laughs> that I got at Walmart just to have backup scrubs always in my bag. But I have to wear that pair now because it's more forgiving of my belly. I'm hoping not to buy maternity scrubs. But anyways, so I put on the scrubs and the shirt, um, brush my teeth really quickly. I usually don't futz with my hair because I sleep with it in a braid. So I just, I pretty much just go. Um, with it in a braid. There have been a couple of births that I've ended up at with my hair not in a braid. So I just put it in a ponytail and then when I get there, uh, both times I've been able to assess the situation and say, okay, I have two minutes to braid my hair. So I get my hair braided. Um, but most of the time it's already in a braid because I sleep with it that way. So I just go. So I grab my bag because again, I've made a mental note of where everything is. I've gotten disciplined to where I always put my keys in the same place. So so my husband knows where they are. So, you know, all the bags and everything are ready to go. And I carry a backpack that has an extra change of clothes for me. Um, it has cables and things for phones and stuff in case they start dying. Um, I usually have a Bible in there just in case I want it. And uh, it also has a little bag with some equipment like a stethoscope, a blood pressure cuff, gloves, a little notebook and a pen. Those are things I never really have used at a birth, but in the event that I were the first person at a birth 
and felt like I needed, those are the supplies that I might want to have on hand. Uh, so, you know, if a birth's coming, if a baby's coming really quickly and the midwife is not there, I want a stethoscope because um, I'm going to put the baby on mom and get them both comfy and then I'm going to monitor the baby's vital signs, that kind of thing. Um, or if I was concerned about the mom, I could monitor her. So anyways, those are just the things that I carry. I also carry a second bag, which is just a little, like a little lunch sack, one of those reusable lunch sacks that you can buy at any store, Walmart or Target or whatever. Um, and that usually has uh, like Luna bars in it. I keep crackers and a small jar of peanut butter in there and various other things. Sometimes I have like grass-fed beef jerky in there. Sometimes I have yogurt-covered raisins, which probably aren't the healthiest. But um, but if you know if you were helping at uh, at at a birth and were really running out of energy, they'd boost your energy pretty quick. So yeah, I always I always have my food with me. Sometimes, um, you know, treats, but food with me. Now I've I found that at most houses the parents have stocked up with with food, which is really nice, um, especially if it's a long birth. So there was a there was a long birth. Well, let me I'll I'll tell you about that. So anyways, um, I grab my food and then I also I grab my purse. I always have the parents' address pre-programmed into my phone. I actually use Google Maps for that. Mostly because uh, I have an iPhone, but Google Maps knows where my house is. So if I type in home, it goes to the right place. And the Apple Maps, for some reason, cannot find my house. But another thing that I like about Google Maps is I can drop a pen somewhere, uh, even on the computer. So if I were to type the parent's address in on Google Maps on the computer, I can drop a pen there. And then it shows up on my phone, uh, and then it's it's kind of bookmarked, so to speak. So if I type in, I I usually have I've started putting it in mom and dad. So the mom's name first, and then and dad because we've had some clients with the same name, like say two Janes. Um, but usually the dad's name is different. So that way, if I've got two clients with the same name, I can pick the right one because when I start typing it in, it comes down as a drop down, and then I can just route the path. Now, one nice thing about going to the home visit is usually I have gone to the parent's house once before for the home visit. So if it's in the middle of the night, I'm not trying to find it in the dark completely. Um, But yeah, so I bring up the map and then get in the van and, and have it route me, even if I'm pretty sure that I know the way to go. And then just head out. So I drive. And in general... Uh, I think the closest birth has the closest birth has been in my little town, um, so that one was maybe seven minutes to get to, um, and then the next closest probably twenty minutes. And at this point, I've driven up to about an hour and ten minutes to get to a birth, and I have a birth that's an hour and a half for me coming up. So I haven't gone outside of a you know I guess out of a two hour radius yet, which is technically the radius that we serve. And it's nice, actually, like one of the births that was an hour and 10 minutes for me, um, I actually ended up being, um, you know, it was a little bit of a closer shot for me because I live outside of town from the town where my midwife's practice is based. And then there was another birth that was south of me, so I was the first person there, which was kind of cool. And then the birth in my city, I was, you know, or in my little town, it's not a city. I was the first person there. So anyways, yeah, phone rings, get up, get dressed, brush teeth real quick, grab bags, um, get phone directions queued up. Scott's got the van running. So I go out, get in the van, um, and usually I can just take off right from there. There was one morning where there was frost on the window and it took a little bit to defrost. So I was driving really slowly down my driveway. But then I hit the highway, I head out. On the way to the birth, I usually, uh, you know, my background is a faith-based background, so I usually pray out loud. For the family, for the mom, I usually pray out loud for the baby. I pray out loud for my preceptor, and um, and usually for the uh, it's usually another student there with me. This one of the senior students. There are three students in the practice right now, and uh, um, I've done one birth with both midwives in the practice. But you know, I pray for everybody. I pray for wisdom. I also pray specifically for myself that I'll have wisdom, that I'll be teachable, that I will learn, that I will say the right things, you know, watch my mouth. And that's kind of a, you know, something that's, I guess, grounding for me. One of my fellow students, uh, she's not from the same faith background as me, but she, you know, she says she also does something similar in the car where she just grounds herself, 
kind of prepares for the birth. When I arrive at the parent's house, another thing that I started doing is just taking a moment. I breathe. I make sure I put my keys on the key loop in my purse. Um, I get my phone in the pocket of my scrubs I, and I check the time. So just take that only takes a moment, you know, 60 seconds, maybe 90 seconds, but it's just taking that time to ground myself from sometimes, especially in the dark, the squinting and the frantic, is that their house? Is that their house? Is that their house? So it's just grounding yourself. And then you go in and you're never quite sure what you're going to go into. I never knock going to a birth that just opened the door. Um, so Sometimes you find a mom who is right there and can talk to you and can chat with you. Sometimes you hear a mom that, you know, is very, very obviously um, in labor. One time I've come in, two times I've come in with a mom who's really pushing and baby's either almost here or just being born. Um, And there was one birth that was completely missed. So I walked in and I heard the baby crying. So anyways, you know, you're never quite sure what to expect when you go into a birth. But I go in and uh, put my bags down, usually at the most convenient place. I'm usually not the first one there. So I will often look to see where everybody else has put things down. Put my stuff there. I make sure that my watch is on. I always keep my watch on a little loop in the front of my backpack. And I will, so I put my watch on if I haven't had time to put that in the car. Oh, another thing that I do is I take off my engagement ring and any necklaces that I'm wearing. So I have only my wedding band, which is a smooth ring on for jewelry. I don't wear earrings anymore, so I don't have earrings in either. Um, and I usually, I've, I usually do that at home for the first few births. I would find myself remembering in the car, Oh, I'm supposed to take my jewelry off. And then I'd be trying to take my jewelry off at a stoplight or at a stop sign or something. And Now I've gotten to the point where I I remember at home usually so I can leave my engagement ring at home on the bathroom counter, um, you know, where it's likely to be a little bit safer. Well, on the vanity part of the bathroom counter. So that's another thing I try to do at home. But yeah, and I get there, um, kind of size up the situation real quickly. Sometimes I'm given instructions right away. Kristen, I need you to do this. Sometimes things are calmer. Everything's set up and we're just in a lull. So I get more of an update. I usually try and get gloves to stuff into the cargo pockets of my scrubs really quickly just so that they're there for me. So on this evening or in the middle of the night this night, I got there uh, to the birth and mom was, you know, mom was working pretty well. She's working pretty well. So the tub was finishing filling. She had wanted her water birth and we were, you know, so we were just kind of there and present. I actually got there in enough time that I don't think everything was set up. So I helped set up. Um, And then we were just there with this mom for her birth, uh, which was a pretty, you know, it was a moved along at a pretty good clip. It was a second baby. So baby was born and I could, of course, do podcasts about all of these babies' births, (laughs) but I won't do that. Um, And so after the baby is born, we usually stay about three hours. So another time that I'm really busy, if I'm not busy, it's usually before the baby's born. Like we've gotten everything set up and we're just letting mom do her thing. And for most moms, they do their thing pretty well. They have good support from their husband. There have been a couple moms where I've been asked to be the one being there as the mom support person. Either there wasn't another support person or that person needed a break or the mom the mom needed somebody who was more skilled, more prepared perhaps. Um, to be there also, or even to help instruct the support person. Um, So sometimes I do that. I I would say that at most births, I've ended up being pretty busy. There's only been a few births where I've really sat around and read or or worked on a school project or something. Um, So yeah, so went to the the birth. Mom had baby, beautiful baby. And then we're there for about three hours. And I'm usually pretty busy for a while. Right after the baby's born, Um, I'm not usually the one right now who's immediately up there checking the baby's vitals, but there's other things. I am often the one who checks the baby's temperature. Uh, If there's anything that's needed by one of the other midwives or students, I am often the one to fetch for that kind of thing. And then I'm the one to do cleanup. Uh, If mom's been in the tub and needs to get out of the tub, then I'm one of the ones who usually helps support her, who helps dry her off. Um, I've been able to set up for the cord clamping, and we actually use a cord bander, so the cord banding a few times now. Um, we wait for the placenta to be born for that, so I might fetch the 
a pan to put the placenta in kind of thing. Um, but helping mom, you know, get settled postpartum is one of the things that I often help with too. And then there's cleanup. There's always cleanup. Some births more, some births less, but always clean up. So helping with that, cleaning off things that were used uh, and that sort of thing, gathering up laundry, getting that started, all those sorts of things get done. And then we fill we fill out the birth certificate form right there at the birth. So often there will be a period after everybody we know everything is good, baby is stable, mom's stable. We like to step out of the room and give the family some time. Uh, and that's time when we usually go sit at a kitchen table or a table somewhere and fill out paperwork. So the midwife will, you know, she will, oh, another, well, I guess, let me go, let me back up a little bit, because right now, one of my primary responsibilities during the birth is charting, which I actually really enjoy doing. So we have a scratch chart to use during the birth, um, and it's got some important things on it, like when is, when does the baby's head crown, when is the baby's head born, when is the baby's body born, um, when did the membranes rupture? When is the placenta born? When was the cord cut? When is breastfeeding initiated? So it's got slots for those things, but then the rest of the page is pretty open. Uh, and I can, you know, during the, while the baby's being born, I often chart what's going on, like what I observe. And I also enjoy it because right after the baby's born, I usually chart like what the mom said or what happened right then, because often it's some of the sweetest things to hear, some of the best experiences. But one of the things that we do is we take that scratch page, really is what it is, and the midwife or the or the student who was acting as the primary midwife under supervision go and uh, and fill out the official labor record from that scratch form. Um, and, and that's kind of a time when I'm often filling out the birth certificate form or getting the newborn screening card filled out. We don't do the newborn screening right after the birth, but we go ahead and fill the card out. So that's kind of a quiet time, a time to breathe. I, I enjoy that time because we often end up chatting either about the birth. It's a good time to ask questions and debrief. Um, or even sometimes like I'm, I don't go to every birth with the practice, so uh, my preceptor will tell me about another birth or, um, you know, just she wants to share about that birth or this birth will remind her of something that she wants to share with me. So it's a good time to ask questions, to get answers, to reflect, to learn a lot more. Um, and sometimes, especially if it's late at night, it's it's fun because we're tired, um, almost a little punch drunk. And so we'll make jokes and things like that. Um, and it's just, it's kind of got a slumber party atmosphere. So it's really, it's nice. Uh, that that kind of quiet time while we give the family their time together. And it's also, I feel like one of the best times when I've been able to learn the most and ask the most questions about birth. Then we do the newborn exam. So far I have seen 20 newborn exams because I've been to 20 births. And, uh, and I've been able to chart quite a number of those. It, I had only been to two or three births when I was asked to start charting the newborn exams. And then at the past several newborn exams, I've been able to, to kind of shadow the exam. Um, and at one of a re one recent one, I was actually able, my, my preceptor, usually it's been a student that does the exam because students need to get in a certain number. But my preceptor was the one doing the exam, and she actually talked me through step by step. She did it, and then I did it, um, talking me through, which was really wonderful. It was wonderful, number one, because the mom was okay with that. And number two, it was just, it was really wonderful for me to have that direct instruction and teaching. Um, and hopefully soon I'll be able to, to do some newborn exams under supervision. So we do that, and then... And that's just really looking over the baby, checking everything on the baby, you know, the baby's head, the baby's neck, eyes, ears, nose, mouth. Does the baby have 10 fingers and 10 toes? Um, we check the abdomen and the hips. We look at the cord. We look at the genitals. Make sure that everything looks right with baby. Make sure that baby has all the reflexes. And we, of course, weigh and measure baby, which is probably the exciting thing. Uh, it drives me crazy, but my midwife, uh, my preceptor always asks for bets on what the baby's weight is from everybody in the room. And I always, I, I'm getting better at judging baby weights, but I always feel like the pressure's on a little bit, even though it's all in good fun. Um, so, yeah, so we weigh and measure baby and all of that good stuff. And then 
We do postpartum instructions to parents, which I haven't actually done that yet. Usually it's the mid, the preceptor or one of the senior students. But what I have done during most of those instructions is get a chance to listen to the baby. And the baby's back in mom's arms at this point. Um, so I just sit beside the mom and listen to the baby, which is a good experience to listen to heart rates and respirations um, and bowel sounds and that sort of thing. On a nice, happy, usually by this point, We've been there almost three, the baby's been born almost three hours, so the baby's quiet alert period is done. That's that's kind of when we've stepped out of the room is during that quiet alert period. Um, and then, uh, you know, so that at this point the baby's usually snoozing, mom's definitely starting to feel tired, and so I just get to listen to a, to a calm, sleepy baby. And that's good practice for me. Um, so after we've done all that, we usually pack up and leave. Ish, tell the parents we'll be back in 24 or, or hours or shortly thereafter for another check. So I usually get home. Um, this birth, so this birth, I left around midnight. I want to say I got home around 8 a.m. So for a situation like that, I go back to bed. <laughs> um, so I went back to bed. And then that particular week, so let's see what happened in that particular week. I feel like Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday were relatively low-key. I went into the office to do prenatals on Tuesday that week so that I could be at home on Wednesday. Um, so I went in Tuesday. I usually do afternoon appointments, like I said already. Um, and then I was home for a day on Wednesday. And then the end of that week, I actually went to a midwifery conference two hours away from me. I was the only one from our practice who was able to attend. The first day was kind of a meeting for all the midwives in my state. We had a speaker, and then we also went over some general business. Um, people from the state health department with newborn screening and hearing screening and CCHD screening, which is um, screening for heart defects, were there. Those are all screenings that we do at home for the family. Um, so they were there talking to us about best practices and changes in the program and what to do if we needed this, that, or the other. So I, had, I took note, notes on all of that. The second day, we actually did a course, which some of you may be familiar with. Um, it's the stable course. And so if, you've, if you're familiar with the NICU, you've worked in the NICU, or you work in a hospital where you're dealing with newborns, you might be familiar with that. So that's, that was like a six or seven hour day for that course. So I did that. And then got home late Friday night, uh, had a nice day. My, my dad was actually in town visiting during some of that. Um, so had a nice day with him on Saturday. Uh, and then he headed to the airport to return home. And then, oh, so Sunday, was it Sunday? No, it wasn't Sunday. So Sunday was kind of a down day. Um, and then I would then Monday. So on Mondays, many of you know I teach my classes. So I teach my mama baby birthing class and do the Smart Mama Happy Baby book club and Q and A session. So I taught those. And then Monday night, I got called out again for another birth. And so this birth was about an hour, hour and ten minutes away from me. Uh, it was pouring rain like pouring rain. So I got to drive in the dark and pouring rain. But fortunately, I was driving down mostly mostly well-maintained back roads. And and so there wasn't any, I think I saw one other car. So that wasn't too bad. I did see, have two cats run across the road in front of me and two orange cats at different places. So that was interesting. I keep seeing orange a lot lately. I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean, but orange keeps jumping out at me, which isn't even a preferred color. Anyways, so I got there um, in the rain. I actually arrived at the same time as my preceptor. And this was actually the birth that, that both of the preceptor midwives from the practice were there, which was a lot of fun. This mom was also a second time mom. This birth was really moving along quickly. When I came in, she was laboring. And one of my favorite ways to watch women labor, um, I think just because because you can sense the sheer power, but it's almost understated. I, I've seen this in a few moms now where they're standing up holding on to the back of a chair and they may moan through the contraction or sway, but really the way that you see the power is you can see their hand tremble on the chair. And I just, I really like it because it shows such strength and such power that's moving through her body. Um, but she's handling it, you know, almost like a goddess. So it's just, it's a beautiful, 
beautiful way for women to labor to me personally to see. Um, so her tub was pretty much full by the time we got there. And also the, uh, the other midwife had been closer because her mom lives near this mom. And she had been staying with her mom, um, visiting with her mom. So she was, she just bopped over. So everything was set up by the time we got there. Um, and it was, it was pretty low key for a bit because this mom, her husband was really right there for her. She didn't need a lot from us. And I actually got some homework for my midwifery school done at that birth. But anyways, like I said, you know, at the births, it's, it's pretty standard what, what we do, what I do. You know, I'm there to do what I need to do. So this mom had a pretty, pretty fast birth. Um, and so, again, I would say that I got home around probably eight or nine because I had a long drive coming home from that one um, and went to sleep. So this was Tuesday by the time I got home. And so because it was, well, it was late Monday night. It was around 1130 midnight Monday night. And so then into Tuesday morning for the birth. So went to sleep. Now, while I was at that birth, my midwife told me that another another client that I was on the birth team for had had her, her water break. First time mom, no contractions had started yet. So I knew that she it was probably going to be go time for her soon. So I slept half of Tuesday and then got up. And actually, I think we had been supposed to have a staff meeting on Monday, but there was another birth. So the staff meeting got canceled, but I still taught my classes. Yeah, that's right. So, um, so, but the, but the mid, the other, everybody else in the practice was doing a lot too. So anyways, um, slept that afternoon and then the mom, the first time mom whose waters had broken went into labor that night around 1130. Now, one of the interesting things about having my midwife as my preceptor is sometimes she, sometimes she coddles me. Like, she always makes sure that I'm eating at a birth. Kristen, have you eaten? She won't let me carry the birth supply, like her birth supply bag. She says it's too heavy. She makes the other student carry it, <laughs> which we joke about. Um, but anyways, so they got, they got to this mom's house at probably midnight or 1.00. Um, but she didn't call me until five because it was a first time mom and first time births take a while. So she let me get a pretty good night's sleep and then call me. And she even told me you don't need to rush. So and Scott actually noted she don't seem to be rushing quite as much as you usually do. And I said, well, she told me not to rush. So I got to that mom's birth. That has been the longest birth that I've been at yet. So I got to that mom's birth at 530 uh, a.m. And was there all day. It was a lovely birth, a beautiful birth to see. I felt like I was a really big part of that birth because this mom needed, she needed labor support. She needed encouragement. Also, she had a birth tub set up, but didn't, it just wasn't really feeling right to her. So she ended up birthing um, on land, so to speak. And, and I was really right there. She wanted pictures. That's often my job is to help get pictures. Um, and so my preceptor was acting as primary on this. The other student was just there as an assistant. So she had me sit right next to her so that I could get good pictures. And I, I did some other stuff like pooper scooper duty, which most of you moms know what that means. Um, so, you know, I was just making sure that everything stayed clean as she was pushing the baby out and managing to get some pictures, <laughs> changing gloves and all this nonsense all between that. Um, but um, and then, you know, then after a while, her body had cleaned out when the baby's head was really coming. So I was really able to just focus on getting pictures. But that was awesome to really be able to be right. That's the first birth I was really right there um, as the baby was coming. And it just, it was such a triumphant birth, I think, for everyone. Because for a first-time mom, sometimes the births take a while. And sometimes she doubts. And to see her pull her strength together and really help work with her baby was just beautiful and, and wonderful. So anyways, by the time I finally got home from this birth, it was um, probably 6 p.m., 7 p.m., it was more than 12 hours. So that was a long birth. And I didn't make it much longer that evening. I, you know, had my supper and then I I crashed because at that point I had done, 
you know, three births in 10 days, plus done a two-day midwifery conference, plus done prenatals. Now, I didn't end up doing prenatals that week because the prenatals got rescheduled due to so many births. And usually my prenatal day is Wednesday and this birth was on a Wednesday. So then Friday night, we had like a client picnic to we do like an annual picnic to kind of a baby reunion so we did that friday night right after you know i had come off of those births and and all total the practice had seven births in that 10-day period i was at three of them so that was crazy um and yeah and then so this week i feel like has been just crazy too we had our staff meeting to make up on monday uh, and i also taught my classes monday afternoon and then Tuesday, we had a home visit an hour and a half away. And then yesterday, Wednesday, was my prenatal day. So I did that. And then today, I had something I had to go into town for myself, um, a businesswoman, a local businesswoman's meeting. So anyways, so my last couple weeks have been crazy. And then on top of all that, I'm doing my academic studies for my midwifery training too. So I try and do an hour or two a day in that just because I gotta work on it to get through it. Now it was the home visit was kind of nice, the hour and a half away home visit, because I actually just drove to our office and then I rode in the back seat <laughs> while the other student midwife drove and um and our preceptor rode in the front seat. And so I was able to actually do quite a bit of schoolwork because I'm supposed to be outlining um a paper on the hormones of labor. So I actually just worked on that as we were driving up. But anyways, lots of good times and everything and all of this. Lots of, um, you know, I, I really treasure my two fellow students. Um, and I treasure both of my preceptors. Uh, they have a huge place in my heart. I really enjoy the staff meetings. I really enjoy the learning opportunities. I enjoy the academic learning, even if sometimes I feel like I'm exhausted. But it's a lot. It's a lot. And when you think about the fact, too, that you know, and I actually didn't say, so on Saturday, so Friday night we had the picnic. Saturday I went back to do the three-day visit for the mom who had her baby on Wednesday. And, you know, so there's postpartum visits and there's prenatal visits. There's a lot going on. Usually I do two births a month, which helps keep it manageable. We've just had so many clients in the last couple months that it's been so fast-paced. Um, but it's beautiful and it's a lot of fun. It just takes a lot of commitment and a lot of energy. And then here, um, one of the things that I found challenging is finding the balance here at home. Um, I felt like I was doing well before I myself fell pregnant. Um, I felt like I had gotten the family on a schedule and that things were going pretty smoothly with the schedule. Uh, and then I got pregnant and things went smoothly at first, but within a few weeks of finding out you're pregnant, usually those first trimester things are coming in which for me is primarily fatigue and not being able to get up early in the morning. I feel like I'm just, like in the past couple weeks, and and this week especially, just starting to get back to where I'm getting up on time. The kids, I don't know if it was my dad visiting and giving a love, loving grandfatherly talk to them or whatever, but they're helping a bit more. And they seem to be taking it seriously that, okay, mom's getting us up in the morning and telling us we need to do our morning chores. We need to get up and do them. They're not doing them quite as efficiently as I would like, but, but things are getting done. Um, but I'm just feeling like that. I feel like homeschooling has somewhat gone on the back burner, though thank I'm thankful that Scott's a work-at-home dad at this point because he's been able to keep them up with their math and keep some other things going. The weather has gotten nice here, finally, in northern Michigan, and so my younger kids are back to spending a lot of time outside, which I think makes things better for everybody, including them, um, just because, you know, the little kids have so much energy to be inside during the long winter months. So... That's one of the things that I found challenging is that kind of work-life balance and especially for us work-home-school balance. And then I'm trying to run a business too. I've been pretty good with my calls, doing those two calls every week. Um, there have been some weeks that I've had to reschedule and usually I reschedule and do the calls on Tuesday at the right time because I've been at a birth on a Monday. I think that's happened two times. And Scott just sends out an email. We, we created basically a little form email together that says, hey, there's a birth talk to you tomorrow. 
Um, and I feel like my mama baby birthing students have, you know, they've been really understanding about that. So that's something that I'm still working on is, you know, how do I, how do I make time for being a midwifery student for doing these things going, you know, going to these births and things that I'm, that I'm going to and all these appointments and then also making sure that I'm here for my family. And I think really that I'm being present for my family. That's one of the reasons why the homeschool time is important to me because especially when you have a lot of kids, I like being able to sit down one-on-one with my kids. And when we're on the homeschool schedule, I have a one-on-one time with all the school-age kids. And then I also have, um, you know, a preschool time with my little ones where they're they're in more of a group, but, you know, I'm reading to them and I'm, t- you know, or telling them stories or doing an activity with them and just really there for them. And that's something I feel has suffered in the past few months that I want to get back to. Um, otherwise, like business stuff has, you know, it's gone okay. I haven't had as much time to write articles and things just because I'm doing so much else. I ha- I'm hoping that as my academics turns more into writing, that I'll be able to adapt some of that to put on the blog. I have been regular, like I said, with the vlog. So um, at youtube.com slash birthbabycare, that's Natural Birth and Baby Care's YouTube channel. And I've done a vlog every week, I think from week five of my pregnancy, I'm week 20 as I'm recording this. So if you're interested in that, that's there. Another thing I hope to do is I get a lot of questions, but I don't always have a lot of time to answer them. Uh, And I don't think I have the ability to be regular with the live questions like I was able to be before. But I've been thinking one of the things I can try and do is just take a question that I get and, you know, two, three times a week, just do a quick live YouTube video where where I answer that question. So there's answers coming up or going up for each question. You're getting your questions answered and, uh, and, and you know it's there for anybody who can pop in live and afterwards it's there. And that way I get the questions answered for you and those are also there in the future for other people. So that's one of, that's one of the things I want to keep doing the regular pregnancy vlog and I, you know, I want to start doing some questions. The other thing I've really been missing doing the podcast, and that's one of the things Scott and I have been talking about lately, is I really want to carve out time for the podcast and make sure that that's happening too. I also am really hoping to bring some guests on the podcast. I've had a few people ask me, can they be guests? And also, um, I have a few people that I would like to ask to be guests on the podcast. So, I'm hoping to get back to doing this regularly. I'm not going to make a commitment for every week at this point, though ideally it will come back to being every week um, on every Friday afternoon. But, you know, otherwise it is what it is. Life is just really busy. And being a student midwife, living life on call is really intense. There are times like my kids have a 4-H um, clean up that they're supposed to do at the fairgrounds to help get the fairgrounds ready for fair this year on Tuesday. That's going to take hours, um, and I've got a mom who's going to be due, so I have to logistically think that through. Okay, what is the best way to handle this situation? Is it best for Scott to take the older kids and me to stay here with the younger ones? Um, is it best for us to go as a family with everybody and me wrangle the little ones while the older ones are doing their cleanup, but that way we have, and take two cars, but that way we have two cars in case I have to go? Is it best for me to take the older kids to the cleanup, Scott to stay here with the little ones, and then if I get called out, I can take off, call Scott, and he can load all the little ones into the big van and come and pick up the older kids who who would be able to be okay with themselves, you know, by themselves with the 4-H leader. You know, they're not alone um, at the fairground. So it's just, there's logistical things that suddenly you never would have thought of before, or you wouldn't have thought of them in the same way that you have to consider. And actually, for me, there's a luxury because my husband is a work-at-home dad at this point. So he's home most of the time. um, So I can just take off and go. But, you know, if you don't have that, you also have to think a lot about childcare. So there's a lot. There's a lot going on. And I find that my life is busy. I think it's exciting. Sometimes it's exhausting. Like right now, I'm praying. Can I please have a quiet week next week? Just a quiet week. One week would would be nice. Um, 
but yeah, it's, it's intense. It's a lot of fun. Um, and I just, I guess I wouldn't, I don't know. I'm open to call schedules and things like that, which are some of the things that are talked about in the, in the sustainable midwifery world. But, but part of me knows that doing this means that I'm giving something to other women. And I do want to make it sustainable so that I can continue to give to women for years to come. And obviously, a lot of my passion is still for for my mama baby birthing students. So that's my birthing classes at mamababybirthing.com. And actually, if you're listening to this just after it comes out, um, happy Mother's Day, number one, because this is going to come out just before Mother's Day weekend. But we have a Mother's Day sale going on, and Mama Baby Birthing is on sale. So you can check that out again at mamababybirthing.com or just go to the Natural Birth and Baby Care shop, naturalbirthandbabycare.com slash shop. Um, anyways, yeah, so that, you know, I feel really passionately about being there for my students, doing that weekly Q&A call for them. The classes are self-paced, but I do have the live Q&A call every week. If you have questions or any unique concerns or whatever, you just want to chat, that's there. And that's still one of the highlights of my week. Um, so my heart is really still a lot in natural birth and baby care and in serving women that way, because I can reach women literally across the globe. And I want to be able to do that. And then, of course, my heart's with my family, um, with homeschooling my kids, with being there for them, um, with making sure I have some time for my husband, and mostly, you know, just just for being part of the experience with my family. So it's all been an interesting, it's an interesting journey. It's an interesting juggle. And then I have issues with my parents, too, with helping them since mom had the stroke. So it's just a really full, multifaceted life. But I feel like right now, is one of the times that I felt most alive, um, that I feel like I'm learning and growing personally the most, which is crazy because I've been parenting for 16 years, which is definitely a personal development course, but just so much more. And also my preceptor is an amazing human being. Like just the wisdom and maturity that she has almost floors me. When you're coming from a world where people are tend to on average, to be so immature. Um, She is like a model for, you know, the kind of a humble, teachable, but still wise, confident person. Just beautiful. And I feel like just being able to learn under her has helped me start to grow so much. Anyways, I know I'm rambling a little bit, but that's what's been going on with me. That's kind of like what a a few weeks look like in the life of a quote-unquote part-time student midwife because I'm not even I'm not even doing full-time births but it's still it can get pretty crazy and then there can be periods where it's quiet for a few weeks and then it's just a big storm so you know a good storm a flood of babies but yeah it's just it's a lot of fun it's interesting that's one of the reasons why I've been MIA a bit more but like I said I'm I'm really missing the podcast so Scott and I have said we're going to make it a priority Um, to try and get me in here recording every week. So with that, I'll leave off for you ladies. If you want more from me, definitely hop over to trustbirth101.com. You can sign up there. Um, I think that's the the 11 mama-tested techniques for handling labor pain, but that'll also put you on the email list. You'll get updates from me. I'll let you know when the weekly vlog comes out. Um, any new articles. I usually try and send out a a tip email a few days a week uh, and other goodies like that. So you hear from me more consistently. Also remember, check out the sale in the shop um, or mamababybirthing.com. You can find both of those things at naturalbirthandbabycare.com slash shop if you're listening to this live, or you can simply peruse and check out Mama Baby Birthing classes if you're listening after Mother's Day. Otherwise, again, I do want to wish you happy Mother's Day and a blessed week, and hopefully I will talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.